Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Conversations Around Christianity and Culture, Season 1. Let's erase the stigma of depression. Maybe you currently have depression or have experienced depression at some point in your life. Maybe you know someone close to you that is experiencing depression. You or the person you love experience some or many of these symptoms. Deep discouragement for a long period of time. Your mood is declined and you now live in low mood. You have trouble sleeping. You constantly feel irritable. You used to be a highly functioning person, but now you don't have drive and lack energy. You once were decisive, and now you have a difficult time making any decision. You would rather sleep the day away than engage in life. You can't seem to concentrate. You have feelings of worthlessness and or hopelessness. You used to be a realist or optimist, but now your mind is dominated by pessimism. You no longer want to socialize or have meaningful relationships. You no longer feel pleasure in the things you once loved and enjoyed. Your way of life has been impaired by your prolonged sadness of the soul. 16 million people in America have been diagnosed with depression. Many more suffer in silence and remain undiagnosed. According to the World Health Organization, depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Depression is one of the most misunderstood mental health conditions. People often do not get help because they don't know who to turn to or they lack the resources or they're afraid of the social stigma. Depression and other mental health conditions have had a social stigma where people in the past have felt marked by their sickness. I believe that my generation is working hard to change that perception. A person who gets sick with the flu is not negatively labeled or identified as the person with the flu. So too, a person with a mental health condition should never be negatively labeled or identified by their sickness. In addition to that false perception, no one chooses depression. No person wakes up one day and says, Hey, I want to be extremely sad and numb inside. We need to normalize these mental health conditions and deconstruct the false perceptions and stigmas. You are not your sickness. You don't choose to be sick. We go through difficult times in our life. We face difficult experiences, traumatic experiences, early childhood trauma, divorced and emotionally unhealthy homes. We face disease and illness. We work through emotional pain. Sometimes we have a hard time moving on from rejection. Some people face difficulties with hormone imbalances. And in light of these challenging situations, there are times that people end up with extreme and prolonged feelings of sadness and depression. In episode nine, I would like to delve into depression. What is it and what does the Bible say about it? First, what is depression? The American Psychological Association defines depression saying, depression is more than just sadness. People with depression may experience a lack of interest and pleasure in daily activities, significant weight loss or gain, 
insomnia or excessive sleeping, lack of energy, inability to concentrate, feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt, and recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. The American Psychiatric Association defines depression saying, Depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is also treatable. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease a person's ability to function at work and at home. Depression is different than normal sadness. All humans share in the emotions of sadness due to varying events and circumstances. Normal sadness has an end to it. When intense sadness and depression persist and impairs your everyday life, then a person may be depressed. There are different types of depression. Here are a few. Number one, major depressive disorder. In this case, you may feel depressed most of the day every day. This has lasted for two weeks or longer and you have many of the associated symptoms. Your low mood has become all-consuming. You have lost interest in activities that you once found pleasure in. You have trouble sleeping. Your appetite has changed. You have changes in weight. You have lost energy. You have been feeling feelings of worthlessness and or hopelessness. Number two, persistent depressive disorder. In this case, you feel depressed for at least two years. The symptoms that a person feels varies from less severe episodes of depression to major depression episodes. Number three, postpartum depression. This is full-blown major depression after giving birth. A new mom may feel extreme sadness, anger, anxiety, exhaustion, have a hard time caring for themselves or for their baby, and other symptoms. Number four, Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. This occurs prior to a woman's period and is believed to be related to hormonal changes. A woman would have extreme mood swings and other symptoms much more severe than PMS. Number five, seasonal affective disorder. This is the onset of depression during the winter months where there is less sunlight. A person may feel symptoms of sadness, increased sleep, withdrawal, weight gain, and other symptoms. This typically goes away in the spring and summer. Number six, situational depression. This is depression related to a stressful major event in your life, such as a death, divorce, the loss of a job, serious illness. A person may have a hard time processing and managing such an event. Now that I've painted a picture of depression, I would like to answer the question, what does the Bible say about depression? The Bible does not use the term depression since this is a clinical term. However, the Bible is filled with illustrations of people who loved God and battled depression. Let me share with you some examples. First, let's look at the story of Job. Job was the most influential and godly person on the earth during his time. At a point in time in his life, he faced a series of tragedies and lost everything. His wealth, employees, children, and even his health. He was in excruciating pain emotionally and physically. Listen to his words as he struggled with intense sadness and raw emotional pain and despair. Job chapter 3. 
After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night that said a man is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Let those who curse it curse the day. Who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. Let the stars of its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning. Because it did not shut the door of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at my birth? Come out from the womb and expire. Why did the knees receive me? Or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept, then I would have been at rest. Later on he says, For my signs come instead of my bread, and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but my trouble comes. That's a man experiencing depression. The second example is Psalm 42. The psalmist was suffering either because of a physical illness or he was in exile where he had taunting captors. Listen to his words as he struggled with deep grief and despair in his soul over his challenging situation. Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and her mom. From Mount Mitzar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. That was a man also facing depression. Another example is Jesus himself. Listen to how Jesus was described in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Even Jesus faced this despair and grief of the soul. 
He was acquainted with grief. He was a man of sorrows. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, we see another example in the life of Paul the Apostle. He said this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Paul, this Christian, this Jesus follower who loved God and really was dynamic and crucial, played a crucial role in the start of the early church, in the movement of the early church. He said, I despair of life itself because of the afflictions I experienced. But later on in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18, he writes, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In other words, Paul reminded himself, because he had faced such difficulty, that we have a future and a hope in God, even during the hardest days in our life. Here are some conclusions about the idea of depression in the Bible. The Bible teaches the reality that there are events in life that cause grief, sadness, and deep emotional pain. The Bible does not condemn us for feelings of intense sadness or deep emotional pain when faced with the brokenness of an imperfect world. Hard things are hard. The Bible illustrates that people who love God sometimes experience depression. People like Job, Jeremiah, the psalmist, Paul, and others. The Bible teaches that the God who created us with emotions cares deeply about our emotions and the pain we feel. He is an emotionally connected God. Jesus, God's son, can identify with you. For he too was well acquainted with grief, sorrow, and suffering. He cares. The Bible teaches us that when we experience depression, we experience it with God's presence. He is with us and he wants to help us. The Bible teaches us that when we experience depression, that it is good to remind our soul about our hope in God. This hope is real and can help us to persevere during the most difficult of days. The Bible teaches us that you are valuable and have built in purpose from God, your creator. Meaning and purpose are so important when we experience depression. We need to remind ourselves that God says we are important and that our life does have meaning. Find what you love to do. Find what you are good at and passionate about and keep investing yourself into that. The Bible teaches us that we are created to be relational beings, meaning it's okay to reach out to someone you are close to and trust and open up about your pain and struggle. Try to keep those lines of communication open even when you're tempted to withdraw. The Bible teaches us as well that we all need help at times in our life. Not only is God there for us, but people gifted in helping people untangle the pain, disappointment, and sadness in their souls are also available. 
Find help and process your depression with a pastor, a friend, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a doctor. Talking about what you are going through and getting help are the pathways to healing. If you are experiencing depression, I want to encourage you that you are valuable, that your life has meaning and purpose, that you are not defined by your sickness, and that you have hope in God. We do not choose depression, but we can choose to get help with our depression. Reach out to somebody. Take the first step on the path to healing. There is hope in mental health. That's a wrap for today. Thanks again for joining me. This is a brand new podcast, and I would love for you to help me spread the word. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait to join with you next week for more conversations around Christianity and culture, season one.